How are we doing, folks? My guest today is going to be Mikhail Kingsbury. Mikhail is arguably one of the greatest skiers of all time. He's won 65 World Cups and counting. He's also won four gold medals at World Championships. He's a nine-time World Cup overall champion. He was the 2014 Olympic silver medalist and the 2018 Olympic gold medalist in Pyeongchang. In this episode, we go through and discuss what has driven Kingsbury so far and what he does to separate himself from the competition. We also go through and touch on some of his setbacks and how he's had to deal with his recent comeback and back injury. I hope you folks enjoy what has driven Mikhail to succeed so far. Also, In the Arena is donating $250 on Mikhail's behalf to Breakfast Club of Canada. The Breakfast Club of Canada provides breakfast for Canadian school children all across the country. I hope you folks enjoy, and please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks. And perfect. We are rolling. The king is back. The king is yes, back. Yes, sir. Thank you for uh, taking the time, my man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I'm a fan. I mean, I've been uh, watching and listening to those podcasts. A few of the, the moguls here I compete with that you, you receive. And, uh, yeah, when I, I remember when I uh, injured myself going back to the airport, I was listening to you and Zemba doing, like, your prediction of Ruka. I was like, wow. oh, shit. <laughs> I'm heading back home. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, we really blew uh, we blew a lot of blew a lot of those uh predictions kind of early on when we were coming up with it but uh yeah sorry yeah, but you guys have been pretty good so far <laughs> huh? Th thanks yeah appreciate it appreciate it yeah how so um well first and foremost i gotta say like out of all the guests i've had on you by far have the best background i mean all those globes back there and everything else that looks uh that's that's pretty legit i'm not gonna lie thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> so uh how does it you know, feel coming back from that injury because, I mean, for your, most of your career, you've been fairly as healthy as a skier can be. I mean, you know, you're always going to have bumps and bruises yeah, yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This was kind of your first real major setback. What What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I, it was tough at the beginning. Um, for sure, it's never fun to crash. Um, just to put everyone in context, um, I was training in Ruka. It's first day the course was built. Um, training in the afternoon and I was going to do my first back pull which is a routine for me and um, just with the, the the type of snow with the you know the machine snow and it was super icy uh, just went too big I mean I did one back lay before that and went you know, limit and then when I went back up I just went a bit bigger on the full and I landed on the first kind of turn my tips on it and I punch front and, you know, when you punch front, but you don't flip too fast. So you just accelerate, 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 and then yep. add to protect my, my head, you know, scorpion or, or anything. So my back took all the impact and, uh, yeah, fractured two places uh, in my back, on my spine. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of rough for me. The first time in, like, 10 years, you know, I was at a venue and I wasn't fit to compete. And... It's tough, the, the, the bus ride back to the airport in Kusamo, knowing that, you know, when I left and, you know, riding right in front of the course, like all the banners were there, everything was ready for the World Cup and I couldn't compete. And But I learned a lot. I mean, I got back home. The goal for me was just to get LT as fast mm -hmm. as I can to be back in the start gate. Um, I, the doctor, he told me it would take about six weeks to heal. And then after that, you can do rehab and, and start skiing and see where where you're at some people it can take longer some people it's short so watching Ruka and Idre on TV was uh 
good learning experience because it was the first time since Vancouver Olympic that I was watching like, you know, the best skiers in the world competing without me mm-hmm. being part of the show, you know? Right. Um, so I was trying to tell myself like, what would I do if I was like there going last or going like before uh, Ben or before Ikuma or I was trying to put myself in a, you know, some scenarios in my head, but yeah, it was, it was kind of rough uh, at the beginning, but it was also super motivating knowing that it was a new challenge for me. Um, mm-hmm. Never had those kind of challenge where I had to come back and being the guy that chased people. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, you, you come back after three events with zero points and um, usually uh, make a bit more point than that. So yeah, it was a, it was a good learning experience and uh, definitely I think I'm a better athlete athlete because of that i mean it's just been two months mm-hmm. um but the the journey of coming back was you know short for i mean i have so much respect for people that blow their knee and they have like to take one or two years off mm-hmm. um for me it was short but uh learned a lot and i'm glad i'm back uh, pretty much 100 percent yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going through all that stuff, it's really interesting to hear you say just going through getting those different visualizations and scenarios of kind of being up in there and at Ruka and everything else. I mean, for me, that's kind of just a little bit surprising to hear because someone that's been there before for so long and dominated forever, that mindset of like, hey, this is what the scenarios will be. This is kind of what I'm thinking about with those course. I mean, it's a, it's super interesting to hear because I feel like once you've, you've been there, done that, I mean, how many times have you won Ruka? Uh, yeah 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 I mean it's it's like my favorite course so every year I feel I set the tone I set the momentum for the season because Mm -hmm. it's probably like I love a lot of course but this one I feel fits my skiing fits the the speed that I want to go the just the pitch is so consistent and the way I stand in my boots I feel like it matches so Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah I mean my first podium was there so many great memories so every time I compete there's the first one of the year you know everyone is you know arrives and they are ready and some people are more nervous than others and yeah it was just for me one that I didn't want to miss but you know it's it's part of the game when you sign up for mogul skiing right you know it's it's part of it and there's people that add 10 times worse than I I had um it's just a bum in the road for me I, I see it like yeah it's it's it was like a new challenge and I'm glad uh, I'm, I'm glad I went through it now I mean mm-hmm. it was not fun but I'm glad I went through it because that's something that I didn't have not in my resume but that's something sure you know I love to learn and this was one thing that I never experienced and it was short and sweet but you know learned a lot that's the best way to do it with those injuries. Keep them short and sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of those things that you just touched on is, is loving to learn. So, I mean, what were some of those kind of takeaways from that injury? And has that always been something like kind of coming into mogul skiing and coming into some of your passions? I mean, kind of gaining that understanding and really loving to learn and, and getting the most like out of the sport. Is, is that what you think kind of has helped you along your, your journey so far? Yeah, 100%. I love mogul skiing just because I feel there's there's kind of no perfection and mm-hmm. um, there's always going to be a thing, you know, you, I love watching videos. I mean, I, I watch so much videos. It's, it's crazy. Like I have all the old runs from the two thousands and um, yeah, I mean, we're in a sport where there's always a detail to, to, to learn. And um, even today, I mean, I've, I've won many crystal globe. I've been ranked first in the world for nine years in a row, but, every year I feel I'm getting better and I, I'm learning and 
the the Michael Kingsbury in 2011 uh, who won two World Cup. I mean, I'm so much better than I used to be. And like that guy today, since the sport is progressing, probably wouldn't even make top 16 this year. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's part of it's part of the evolution and. That's why, that's why I love our sport is, I mean, I'm learning every time I put my skis on. Um, and that's something that, like, that's part of my philosophy. Every time I, I go skiing, I want to be better than I was yesterday. And mm -hmm. I want to be better the day after. So um, with that, I learned a lot more about myself than mogul skiing in general. Mm -hmm. And what I'm happy with what I've done is I, took my time even though i came back in a very short period of time right i focused on doing one step at a time and i, I wrote on a piece of paper all the thing that i wanted to do until i was in the stargate in deer valley or calgary i didn't know at, at that time what was the world cup that i was going to compete and then right. like the first thing was skiing bumps and the second thing was like okay 20 percent, 30 percent, and then doing backpacks and every day the goal was to check one thing and by the end, the last one I wrote is win a World Cup. And uh, it's cool because I've done all those one. And then I had the last one. And when I came back home, I had my piece of paper and it just, whoop, done. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I took my time and I went one step at a time. And usually in January, um, mm -hmm. with all the season that I had in the past, it's like business, 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 business. You know, mm -hmm. I go to a training camp and it's like top to bottoms and, you know, top to bottoms working on speed and working on speed you know, aspect that is going to make me, you know, perform at the next event. And there I wasn't working towards for performance. I was working towards getting back to all the feels and the rhythm and mm -hmm. everything about the sport. And it's crazy. There was one day I pushed. It was in Calgary, the last day before we left for, for Calgary, but all uh, before we left for Deer Valley. But all the other days I was just doing flats and doing like back tucks and mm -hmm. back lays and repetition of back falls and just you know, making sure my back was okay, making sure that I get all the feelings back. And I was not rushed to push. And I was like, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. When is going to be the three, two, one go of my qualities run? Yep. This is where I'm going to, you know, put the six gear on. Right. Be fully ready. Now for you, like, uh, as you were talking about before, with some of that training, do you go through and when you're doing your different training blocks and stuff like that, is there, how do you kind of attack that? Is it specifically like, all right, today for the next three-day block all i'm concerned on is building on just working on my speed or this is going to be a total jumping block i'm just working on like do yeah. you go through and have that stuff pretty specifically set out with your coaches and everything I'm like okay we this is the schedule of the month you know let's break down january or if it's in the fall obviously before world cup season this block is going to be dedicated to doing flats yeah yeah and no exactly we we sat down with my mental trainer and my coaches and we and my trainers at the gym and we went down also for the stuff at the gym that I needed to work on and like they were not going to put a bar on my shoulders right. right away when I was more fit um yeah the first thing we said is like we need to check the flat and you know do enough flat so I can you know get back into my boots and see how my back reacts with like more torsion and and, uh, you know, slowing down and just feeling the snow. Uh, mm -hmm. Second one was just getting back into the moguls, going slow and just getting back to have a nice touch and kind of continue working what we were working uh, before Ruka, but just like very 
small details about my hips and, you know, how I can have a good ski line and ski control and slowing down and kind of like the first block was skiing and pushing a bit, bit more. Then we went more to jumping, but it was one thing at a time. The first day I just did my first day jumping was probably day five of being back on my skis. And I just did flip cross. Okay. Day two, I just did back tucks and back lays. Day three, I just did back full and a few sevens. Then we stopped there. Then uh, we went back a bit more skiing mm-hmm. and kind of like exits and entrance. And then we start pulling the tricks together with mm-hmm. section. And then after that, we went to Calgary, did a few more IDD days, but just, you know, hiking. And then right. last day, I put it together. And then I went to, to compete. So it was like different approach. And usually in the past, I've been a volume guy. Like you guys, I build my confidence by doing like eight double full 10 top to bottom in a row, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, now yeah. it was like, okay, like I got to use my experience. I've done it in the past. And this is how I got ready to come back. And the fact I was super relaxed about going to Deer Valley because I had so much time and I wasn't burned for my training. So Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a perfect approach for where I was at. And how did that approach, you said, I mean, you just touched on how much, you know, you used to be or, or before you were hurt, right? A lot of volume, a lot of volume, a lot of volume. Like how much do you think that different kind of approach will help you like going forward? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the King. I know what I need to do. I don't need the constant volume. Like, do you think yeah. that that'll help kind of in the future as you start to get a little bit older and, and things of that nature? Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, um, as I'm getting older, you know, I've, I want to keep skiing and, um, it's different than when I was 20 years old, you know, um, mm-hmm. like I didn't need even one coffee a day and I had full energy and then I wasn't like, you know, I was never tired. And now I think it's important that I'm, I'm getting older. Um, it's, you know, I can get injured easily. Like it's mm-hmm. easier for me to get injured and I'm starting taking very better care of my body of what I eat of of how I sleep and and I think those things now are important and with all of that I realized that I don't need that much volume I mean as long as I'm ready and it's good because it takes some volumes to get to the level where we're at in World Cup but I've put so much volume when I was growing up that now I can not rely on that but Mm -hmm. I have the experience to know I don't need that many volume. Like I need just this and this. And for me, I learned that I arrived fresh in Deer Valley. That mm-hmm. was probably a good thing because, you know, you're in for two big days if, if you end up in super final. And then the next day you end up one, two, three, four. It's a lot of skiing and it's high in altitude and it's 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 rough on the, the body and the emotion and everything. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, that that's something that I'm going to try to to use more in the, the in the future. Now I'm going to train in, in Val Saint-Combe very soon. And for me, this is a good thing that I want to continue on is uh, not do as many volume and mm-hmm. just, you know, be a bit more smart, you know, do more quality than quantity. And I think like that, uh, I'll be able to ski in my 30s and, uh, you know, still 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 being able to 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 be on the podium or, or get a few wins yeah no absolutely i mean it makes it makes a ton of sense for so for when you're younger though and so for some of the younger listeners and stuff like that out there or, or coaches that are listening i mean do you think it's it's really important to get a lot of volume 
when you're younger to really try to just just help with your reps say if you're starting out nine ten years old kind of getting into it yeah. do you think the volume well, of water ramping or uh, flats on snow and, and things of that nature do you think that's kind of uh, important yes and no i mean mm-hmm. for me as i wanted to do that you know it needs to come from you right it, yeah. you know i i've never been someone that you know my dad or my mom or my coaches had to push me to do like volume or go to the water ramp. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted to do it like most of the time. And even a few years back, my coaches, sometimes they have to pull me off of the, the ramp or the tramp or, yeah. or, or the ill because mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you've done enough. You've done enough for me. It always came naturally. Like I wanted to do it. I think it's important because the more you do, the more you're orientated in space, sure. the more yeah. you, you know how to do it. But there's there's good and bad about, you know, doing a lot. Yes. Yeah. The bad is you can create bad habits mm-hmm. by doing too many repetition of bad stuff. You can get injured easily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's a good balance of everything. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wanted to do that. I had a round trampoline in my backyard and I was coming back from school and I was you know, putting some music outside and I was trying to like do like my idols were doing. I mean, I was putting mm-hmm. like a song that Yanni won a World Cup on and I was just doing like my Quirk 7 and or whatever, you know, I've just yeah. been super passionate and then I was like on the tram but skiing in my head and I think that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like to do a lot. But I mean, for all the kids out there, it needs to come from you and sure. you need to listen to your body. Even if you're 10 years old, if you feel tired and your coach is like, oh, I'll try a 1080, but you've done 20 run and you yeah. get to like your first one ever. I mean, don't do it. I mean, it has to come from you. Mm-hmm. And where was that, where, where was that passion for you? Like kind of starting out, what is it that kind of got, got you into, uh, into mogul skiing? Got to get you into the, the jumping because yeah. you've always been a phenomenal jumper and the, the skiing, I mean, there's always rumors. Like I remember, I, you know, when we were still, I don't know, it's probably like 2010 or whatever, you know, you were coming out. I was like, oh yeah, well he had a water ramp in his backyard or something like, you know, it's just like crazy <laughs> no. rumors. About like, really? He had a water ramp? No, no. I, 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 wild. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not have a water ramp. Um, just a round black trampoline. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, uh, well, when I started, I started skiing like every, like most of the kids. I mean, I started at around four years old uh my mom comes from a skiing family and uh yeah i just started from there i was the kind of kid that what they were telling me and on the videos that i'm small i was always like you know on the side of the slope doing the you know little jump from the woods and my mom always told me that i had like a natural um way to jump like if i was jumping on a diving board like she could see like the way I was approaching with the speed and popping. It was like properly already, like naturally mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, and my neighbors were doing mogul skiing. Okay. And my brother was doing some alpine like racing. Uh, yeah, I didn't know which one I wanted to do, but I, I was always seeing the, the mogul guys having so much fun. And this is what I wanted to do. I was eight years old and there was like a, a fun competition in Mont Saint-Sauveur where I grew up. And, uh, yeah, my parents, they, they, they put my name in. I was eight and I did my first competition without even, you know, proper training. And uh, yeah. the year after, I, yeah, I uh, 
joined the club. It was just for fun until mm-hmm. I went to um, my first World Cup in Mont-Tremblant. Mm-hmm. And I saw Yane, Johnny Mosley, and all the top top dogs at, at the time. And mm-hmm. this is where kind of the passion kind of grew and start to know who the best skiers are. And I remember talking with Alex Bilo, though, because when I was eight, he was 13, and he was on his okay. last year with the Mont-Saint-Sauveur Club. And he was like, yeah, you should start doing a water ramp. So uh, he was like, yeah, you have to come in the summer. It's in Lake Placid. It's only a three-hour drive from home. Mm-hmm. So uh, that summer I went there, did like my first front flip. And uh, just from there, everything kind of grow, grow, grow. And when I was 10, I watched uh, my first Olympic on TV. Um, it was uh, 2002 Olympics. And uh, okay. see, seeing the guys uh, on TV there was just, uh, this is where everything started. I mean, uh, the guys looked so fast with the camera from the side. And I was yeah. like, one day... I want to have a kid looking at me and say, oh, I want to be like this guy. And I print on a, I know it, it's, it's, people talked a lot about that before the games because they made like a pieces uh, with CBC Sports here in Canada about that. But after that, I print uh, on a piece of paper, the Olympic rings, and I wrote, I will win. And I put it over my bed. And from that day, uh, that, that was like what was driving me um, every morning before going to school. I, I knew, uh, inside of me that I would one day make it mm-hmm. at least to the Olympics and then World Cup, but then it exceeded my, my expectation for sure. Right. No, it's, it's super cool to, uh, to hear that. And, um, yeah. to just think, cause yeah, I mean, I remember we, I was at 2002 watching at the bottom, you know, bloom and all those guys ski and it's, it's you were, you were live there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were, wow, yeah, crazy. About, yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool watching, uh, yeah, Johnny Mosley and the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how those, and... those, those stories kind of start, you know, because it starts out at, I, I mean, obviously I'm older than you, but mine was like 98 when Mosley won gold. Yeah, yeah. I just followed my dad into the bumps and I was like, oh, this is sweet. Like, you know, this is a fun, fun thing to try and do. And then led into Peter Judge and Freestyle International and kind of going through that was the first camp I ever went to. And it just, one thing kind of led into the next. And yeah. It's, it's a, the, the, one of the things I absolutely love about the sport is just the fact of how close you can be as like a younger kid or a younger fan or something like that to someone that is just, you know, the greatest of all, you know, you're the Michael Jordan of our sport and you are very easily accessible where in a lot of other sports, that's really hard to, that's yeah, really hard yeah. to you know I mean? You, yeah. Yeah. And for me, like saying that, when I was a kid, it was Jean-Luc Brassard back home here in, in Quebec. That was like the legend in our sport. And mm-hmm. it's nice because he was so accessible. Like I was 10 or 12, 13. And I think he knew my name and I had the chance to see him like a few times a year. And when he was coming for spring skiing in Mont Saint-Sauveur, I, I could ski with, I was like six, seven, eight with like the best, one of the best mm-hmm. mogul skier in the world. So yeah, it's it's because of, you know, a guy like him and then Bilodeau and then they kind of opened the way for me and the other Canadians with what they've done. And um, yeah, it's it's cool to have the chance in our sports. I mean, if you look at hockey, it's back in Quebec, it's it's huge. Right. It's not every day you're going to have the chance to to meet Sina Crosby and have a chance to have a skate with him or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, in skiing, like, I mean, every every spring time I go and ski with kids in Mont Saint-Sauveur and they, they, you know, because not because Jean-Luc did that for me, but it's just, it's fun to give back. And 
it's uh, yeah. I mean, for me, it, it inspired me so much, and it was so cool to have the chance to ski with him and Alex. Mm-hmm. Like I was 13, and I could ski with like the guy that was just 18 that won a few World Cups and the the ex legend. And uh, yeah, there's some stuff that I will remember forever. Yeah, no, I mean it's, it's it is one of the very cool things about the sport that there, you know, those are summer camps and stuff you can go to and. Um, yeah. it just makes it, you know, Jean Luc's, yeah, absolutely one of the legends. I have that, you know, we'll we'll have to compare videos because I got a whole base, you know, boxes full of VHS tapes of old mogul videos we can go through and oh, yeah. compare some notes and stuff like that. So yeah, really uh, really nerd it's out. It's funny though. So <laughs> some of the, the video you posted on your Instagram, I have the exact angle of camera that you posted. But do you did you get that thing from the the, the French team? So some of it yeah. is, is left over yeah. from yeah. like Ski to Bosses back at yeah. Ski to Boss point come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ski to Bosses was still like a thing. So so yeah, some of those videos were on there and some are just yeah, that we yeah. So that's pretty yeah. uh that that website was uh was awesome. Yeah, that was wicked. Starting out, you could get every, you know, they video every run, they yeah. throw in a few crashes or a few few yeah. bonus runs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah no, so it's uh, I went so much on that website when I was a kid mm-hmm. that even today if you Tell me about, you know, from 03 till 06, mm-hmm. every podium run, I can know the song that was playing on. You know all the songs. That's legit. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. I, I do not yeah. know all the songs. I remember <laughs> there's I, there's a few that definitely uh, stick out in my mind, a couple of the, the classics. And it's always fun because, yeah. you know, you get to go see one like at Deer Valley every year. You get the opportunity to go watch so you know you could get to see that and what was the closest one for was is tremblant the the closest Tremblant, yeah tremblant and mont gabriel yeah yeah because saint com i've been part of all of these world cup um mm-hmm. mont gabriel i've seen i've far run there um and i've seen a few world cups were, and then tremblant also yeah were you there at uh gabriel the year 2009 when noram the Noram when it was like negative well, four. Yeah, yeah, of do course. You, do you remember how that was by far the coldest event yeah. I've ever been at, ever skied at? And they let yeah. all the World Cup skiers compete at it too. So it was like mm-hmm. a Noram that had like 105 like guys in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. And I was going like 86th <laughs> in the gate. <laughs> so you have like two hour break before you run. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, yeah, it was very cold. And I remember maybe the mountain almost being closed and it was just open for this year. Yeah, it yeah. was the, the only lift that was spinning on the East yeah. Coast because all the mountains in the East Coast were closed because the whole was literally that lift. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Was, and, but it was no yeah, wind, yeah. no wind chill. It was like crystal clear out and just insanely cold. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because yeah, my mom was like the, the not the starter, but the, the flag or whatever back in the days, okay, you know, when yeah, they yeah. used uh-huh. to do the, the <laughs> dropping thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good memories because it was fun that year. Even that year, I think we competed in Killington I, in 09, and I did my first Noram podium there. But it was just so cool because Bloom, Babic, and there was a yep. few Japanese that were skiing. And then we went to Mount Gabriel. And this is where that Noram was like a World Cup, mm-hmm. like the Swedish guy was skiing. And um, I, the Norwegians, a few French people. Right. Yeah, I remember that race being very strong and it was there was a two single event right yeah the first day pretty much that was like the big the big one the second day most of the top guys didn't do it Mm -hmm. i remember i made final the second day 
that was probably because the bed guy were not doing it but anyway <laughs> i'm pretty sure i was like 60 at both days so yeah that sounds oh, okay <laughs> we were like 100 guys anyway that's, yeah, it was yeah it was a big big deal yeah yeah no it's good good memories <laughs> yeah good memories for sure so kind of getting a little bit um speaking to i mean one of the things that as right here that is amazing to me is the memory and how much you go through and, and the passion that really comes through to me and how yeah. much you love the sport. I mean, you talk about being able to memorize all the songs of, you know, the, you know, podium world cup runs from 2003 to 2006 because of how much you went through and um, really just love the sport. I mean, do you feel like that's one of those things that, that differentiated you from other, you know, some of those other competitors and stuff like that? I mean, cause a lot of people are passionate about it, but, I yeah, mean, it's, it's not at my level. level. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's um, growing up and, and still today, it's it's different today, but it's mm -hmm. like an obsession, I would say. Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I love the sport and I love every aspect, mm -hmm. aspect of it. And um, when I, you know, going back when I was a kid, sometime I would ski with my dad or my coaches and uh, we were like, okay, this run, I got to ski like Jan. And this run, I need to ski like Cabral. And I was trying to, you know, when I was jumping also to do like them, like trying to do the, the 720, like Travis Mayer with one arm up. And I was mm -hmm. like playing, trying to, you know, do like my idols were doing. And I remember I was saying like, one day I want to, you know, have the upper body of Dell, the ski line of Yane, the jumps mm -hmm. of Alex mixed with the, the smoothness of Bloom. And I was like, this is going to create Kingsbury at his best. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, it helped me a lot because I liked it and no one forced me. And even still today, like I'm going to go and compete at, in Kazakhstan and I'm going to go look at all the previous time we've competed there mm -hmm. and going to go watch my favorite runs. Mm -hmm. I, do, I still do that. You know, I, I go to bed earlier. I have my MacBook and then I watch my favorite runs, not from me, of from my, my idols. And I try to, you know, pump myself up and, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah it's been it's been part of uh of who i am you know a lot of people that grew up with me skiing they they all know that mick knows every run knows every athlete that went through the sport knows pretty much all the scores the time yeah i was just like yeah i was like the little wikipedia of, uh, of mogul skiing when i was uh yeah 14 15 16 and yeah it's, it's quite special and after that yeah when I did my first few World Cups and back in the days, they used, they used to do the showcase and I was mm -hmm. doing like the showcase and there was like Vico Rankin and next to me, Gilbo, Dell, yeah. and then Jesper. And I was like, holy shit, you know, I made it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. What, yeah. so what, what would be like the top runs then? What are like some of your favorite? My, my favorite of yeah. all time? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I, I really, really like Madonna. Yane 04 mm -hmm. first day uh this with this song uh, jump cork mm -hmm. seven quad twister yeah no mistake in the middle i think he's guy he scored like 50 in turns mm -hmm. and at a like 28 point something score but yeah that was uh that run is like up there mm -hmm. i remember my first time i uh, know but in 2011 in calgary I qualified for the first time first, so I was going last. And I asked the DJ if he could put me jump from Van Allen, like Yane, that run. <laughs> and he did awesome. it. And I, I, I won my first, you know, 
gold uh, on Omsol. And that was, yeah, that was amazing when I was 18. Uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, Yane, that run is a big one. For sure, Calgary, uh, Dell mm-hmm. was a run that I, I, I was there live. But like that video, I watched it so many times. Um, it's, it's a great run. And I was there at the top because uh, just a little parenthesis we say in French. That was my first World Cup in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, in 2010, sorry. And um, um, I did very bad my first two World Cups. And the second day, instead of like going back to the hotel, crying or whatever, I decided to watch the event from the top. So <laughs> I was like, I have a bib for the first time. I can go and watch the show from the bottom, but I'm going to go learn how the best they prepare. Because I was like, I'm... I can ski that course. Like I, my training was going well, but when I competed, the fact that it was the first time with the cameras and, yeah. and you know, the hype of a World Cup, I just pushed way too hard for mm-hmm. no reason, you know? Yeah. Um, so instead of go and watch the, the World Cup from the bottom, I was like, I have a bib on, I have a pass, I can go to the top and I can basically go sit next to Dell, Alex and, and see how they warm up and how they prepared and how they push out of the gate and, and see how different they do from me and mm-hmm. this was a big like switch in my career mm-hmm. I remember watching there's always a little tv at the top in mm-hmm. world cups and i was looking at dell he was watching carefully the people that were skiing in his line and see where the guys were pushing and and mm-hmm. i saw him like adjust his strategy after alex did a nice run with double four and backflip and i just saw in his face he was like okay i need to push now and i need to go bigger and you know the and just this for me like changed my perspective of competition before I, I used to just listen to my music and go and do my own thing and yeah i realized like a guy like dale and alex they they do it differently but they were more cautious of what what was happening during the race and the way they would warm up and clip their skis and talking with their coaches i was yeah i was happy i witnessed all of that I didn't see his run like live from the bottom because I was at the top, but seeing that perspective of him getting ready to do one of the best run of all time, yeah. I'm glad I was at the top. And, and I learned, I learned a lot because after that, when I went back to Noram, I started dominating for the first time in my career. You know, I mm-hmm. totally changed the way I was approaching a race. And for me, that was like, yeah, the, one of the biggest game changer in my career. Right, light bulb kind of going off, seeing the the different routines and, and mentalities for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. super interesting. I've definitely never thought of, you know, when you're done, you're always at the bottom watching other teammates yeah. and everything else, kind of cheering them on for fun, you know, after you're your final yeah, time, yeah, you're like, all right, like, let's go, boys. But that's definitely uh, an interesting perspective for sure and a good way to kind of get get some insight. And what 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 would you say are a few other, like, habits that, that you do kind of daily that, that help you um, – you know, get that edge. Um, do you, are you a note taker? Do you like yeah. plan out your week in advance or how, how do you kind of break, break a lot of those things down? Um, I should have brought it. I have a book in my bag downstairs, a red book that I keep with me and I draw every course, every okay. World Cup we go at. So are you a good artist? Like it. Uh, yeah, I can draw some stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, not really. You can do a mogul yeah. course. You can draw a mogul course. Yeah, I draw a mogul, but I draw a mogul course from the perspective from the bottom on okay. one side, yeah. and I draw it on the artist, like my vision. But it's just like lines. It's not like a very nice drawing, you know. Right, it's right. just for yeah. me to know the alignment, and I write, like I detail, like okay, what 
what is the alignment on the top air and mm -hmm. what should I be thinking about when I'm skiing and just trying to break down the course in pieces. And mm -hmm. this is what I do since uh, a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it helps me when I do my training, usually first day of training, if I know that's the line I'm going to ski, I'm going to draw it. And then I'm going to write the, the stuff mm -hmm. for day two. And then I adjust what I need to change. And it, it just helps me after skiing to, to have another like visualization. Mm -hmm. And it always takes me, it's not like a five minute thing. You know, I sit down for a good half hour and I draw it and I put music on and I think about, you know, the mm -hmm. course and what should I do? Where's the drift? And, uh, Right. And then I go and sit down with my coaches. I watch my video, take times on my rivals, mm -hmm. see like this split time too, from the start to the first jump, where mm -hmm. I'm si situated compared to the other guys, mm -hmm. mid splits. Yeah, and I just take those uh, little thing. And then after that, I... Uh, Oh, sorry, it kind of... No. No, uh, and then after that, after that, I kind of put mogul skiing outside of my head. Mm -hmm. spend time play cards with my teammates call my family on facetime um girlfriend and try to go back to normal mm -hmm. and uh yeah sleep after that when i go to sleep i don't think too much about skiing i mean i have uh, my period of time and mm -hmm. so yeah uh those are kind of like my ritual and i wake up in the morning and uh i'm fired up i'm ready i mean uh i think I've prepared so well that when yeah. I show up for qualies, I'm, I'm not overthinking. Like I know what to do. And right. it's just, uh, it's not like I'm going to go copy paste what I've done, but it's, yeah. uh, it's super simple. And I try to put my, my focus super narrow on one or two things that I need to focus on. Not, right. not focusing on starting the day and be like, I want to win qualies. I mean, it's stupid to start thinking like, I start my day and I want to win the qualification. I mean, it's just another, they take 16 guy and they put it again yeah, back sure. to zero. So for me, it's just to do the job first run, then do the second run. And I have a good enough run to be in the top, top six, learn from that run mm -hmm. because you're going pretty fast after and correct what you need to correct. Mm -hmm. Go bigger. If you need to go bigger, listen carefully to what the times are from my competitors and Stick to your plan. Don't try to win also the last one. Just do the best you can do. Right. And then it really so much pressure. And then when I cross the line, sometimes I'm like, holy shit, okay, that's going to be hard to beat. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, I left some space on the table for the guy that are going last. And that's how I, yeah, those are the way I handle mm -hmm. competition. Yeah, no, su super... Uh... That's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it's always good to know kind of where those tricky sections are, right? If you got a quick section coming out of the top air, you got to go a little bit left yeah. and kind of knowing those entrances, exits. And then at the end of the day, yeah. it is just going top to bottom. Just got to go top to bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, I mean, uh, for me, when I draw the course and this, I know there's a, you know, I know that the section is quick. It's just for me, it's, I, I guess I'm visual. And when I put it together and just like, it's kind of like a reminder and, Mm -hmm. It makes that when I'm skiing, I'm not overthinking. It's just mm -hmm. like, uh, I've, I've studied the course enough that sure. I don't need to like think. And it's just like, it can be just like reaction and being in the present moment instead yeah. of being like thinking too far ahead or thinking too far back, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. So that, and then you just kind of cut it off and go about, you know, you kind of have your breakdown time of visualization and then it's just hanging out with friends and yeah, yeah, doing yeah. that stuff, relaxing. And then, so in, in the summertime, when you're going through, is, is how do you kind of, 
balance the the training and kind of the the downtime of just kind of living your life i mean do you guys break down camps or is it five days a week you guys kind of go how how is do you break down your your scheduling there yeah usually uh I get a good sit down with my coaches and we do a debrief about this season and what's coming next and what are the, the goals. Obviously the goals are similar every year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's very, very important to live a LT balance. Yeah. Like I cannot, like, I love my sport. I can train every day, but I mean, it's important to have a good balance. I, sure. I like my life in the summertime as a normal guy that yeah. sees his friends and, do whatever that's not skiing really uh, related mm -hmm. um that for me is important and it for me i'm motivated when i travel again with the team or i go to a training camp or we do water ramp because i take those good breaks and when i'm back at it i'm like i'm there to work you know i know mm -hmm. where i'm going and it's right. business but yeah in the in the summer yeah I, i break down my camps like that it's always nice for me to have at least a good like a good always in between camps two or three weeks off mm -hmm. um i train every day like i have my own gym and i'll, I'll yeah. do something in the morning and i love working out if i don't do it i kind of don't feel, feel yeah. yeah and it, it's nice for the my energy during the day but i actually have some good time off where i can train in the morning and then the afternoon is kind of off for me like i can go if i want to go golf i can go golf or mm -hmm. if i have to spend time with my family i spend time with my family and I can yeah. see my friend do a little traveling in there. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, for me, it's nice to split up and to split up also what I'm going to be working out and trying to being do a nice build up until Ruka. So like, like mm -hmm. big, kind of like the last, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now what kind of helps you stay focused and, and, you know, not burn out? Because as you talk about having those breaks and everything else are, are kind of nice. I mean, have you run into those issues? I mean, you got all those globes there behind you. I mean, does it ever, mm -hmm. it's lonely at the mountaintop. So, I mean, are there are times where, where, you know, because uh, burnout happens for, for everybody. And sometimes it can be hard to stay focused and, and keep your eye on the prize. I mean, I'm sure you, you seem to have quite, quite the routine down where it's not, um, not too much of an issue for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I've... Uh... I have a good setup at home, so mm -hmm. my life is not, like, boring or I don't get burnt out. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some time I've been a bit more tired, but that that comes with the success that I had. I don't know if we can say it's, like, after the Olympics, I was burned because I had no days off. Like, the days off I had, I had to be in Toronto for an event mm -hmm. there and then back to Montreal and this there, and then I felt I didn't have much time for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I, I don't need people to motivate me. I think all the motivation, I, I have it inside of me. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't need more. Uh, yeah, I know where I'm going. And, you know, these, these things are, are very hard to get. I mean, we all know uh, mm -hmm. what it takes to, to, to win a Crystal Globe. I mean, it's, it's not easy. You have to be consistent there. The competition is super hard, but Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not taking one for granted they all have a special <laughs> a special story behind them and uh yeah i think uh, as long as i have the passion i don't think i'm gonna be burnt out because mm -hmm. i'm you know i realized that over the course of the year but i take my my decisions sure. i mean if i don't want to go train i don't need to go train i mean mm -hmm. i feel it has to come from me right i mean the coaches 
are not there to tell you what to do. They're there to help you and to help you take smart decisions. And mm-hmm. they, they are there to give you pres- like precise advice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like right now, that's the reason why I never got burnt out is I right. took my own decision and my own choice. And I've sat down and I think when it comes to that, the communication with your coaches or your, the people that are taking care of you is very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's probably one of the reasons every year when I show up to Ruka, usually I'm, I'm top shape, I'm ready to go, I'm motivated, and mm-hmm. and and yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's all in the balance in your life. I mean, uh, I love I love skiing, and I love my family and my friends, so I keep a good balance, and it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That balance is 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 definitely key for sure. You got to be able to figure out ways to. Uh, to- to work around that especially because you got a busy schedule you know <laughs> yeah 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 no but sometimes it's busy sometimes i like when it's super quiet and i know i'm leaving like i'm in the summer i know i'm leaving for for whistler in a week then i have a nice week ahead of me of just every morning pushing as hard as i can at the gym and then go play golf go do some surfing on the behind a boat go like you know enjoy yeah. life and I'm, mm-hmm. i don't and you know i'm like i'm eating well but like uh, if it's summertime and all my friends are having fun, I'm going to have a few drinks with them. You know, for me, that's the important part of having a good balance, knowing yeah. when it's time to be extremely serious and when it's time to be completely out of the sport and being like a hum- normal human being, you know? Right. Yeah. Just having a few beers, having a few cocktails, yeah. going out, enjoying yourself. Yeah. Like it's, you, exactly. you know, that, that you definitely have, uh, have that balance. That balance is key. So like, yeah. you know, all of these other great skiers, at least in our sport of the, I mean, what do you think is the main difference that would separate you from like a Sergey or a Yane or a Dale or a Bloom or Mayor? Because they've all had success at a very high level, right? They've all been world champions, gold medals, yeah. you know, uh, multiple World Cup wins in a row. What do you think is that differentiator for you? Because they're not super close to sixty-five World Cup wins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. For me, all these guys from Sergey to Yane to all the guys that I've won are, you know, are still in, in inspiration to me today. They're, you know, legend. And it's uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that I've been able to surpass what they have done. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm the kind of guy. I mean, uh, it's natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what to say yeah. it. It's it's a it's the it's a very good question. I think for me, like uh, I've been very good at taking opportunities, and mm-hmm. I think it comes with preparation and all of those things. But for me, I see every event like an opportunities, and um, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to do something great. And mm-hmm. you might have just one opportunity left. I always tell that. You know, I don't yeah. take anything for granted when I'm at the top of the course and I'm the last guy to drop in. It's for me, there's it's not like a bad stress. It's like exciting. I have the opportunity to to do something great and mm-hmm. and it might be the last one. So when this is over and if you win, you got to learn from that win because next weekend you might have an opportunity, but you might not get it. So mm-hmm. you have to jump on it and um I think in this mentality and the fact that, yeah, I think a bit of that way makes me super consistent. Mm-hmm. And 
I prepare well and I'm not satisfied with one win. I'm very happy, but then the next week you got to do it again and, mm-hmm. and again and again. And I, yeah, I think uh, I have a, in French, we say in tight It's, um, yeah, kind of like a, a competition. I'm, uh, let's say like that, maybe in English. I'm a very competitive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to do everything to try to beat you. If Even if you're, whatever, someone is king better than me, I'm, mm-hmm. I always try to prove myself that I'm, I'm the best and I'm going to do everything. And I'm, I'm not going to let go of the pieces until I cross the line. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I love these moments. I love, uh, I love being the, the guy to beat. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I think I, a lot of the great athletes were very good under pressure and all those things. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if they liked it being always back at the top, back at the top. And for mm-hmm. me, I just love that feeling of being, you know, having the little, you know, pressure on your shoulder. Right, and a few butterflies. When the, the, yeah, butterflies. And when the media are saying, yeah, like going into the Olympic in 2018, like, like the media were saying, like, uh, if he doesn't win goal, it's, uh, you know, it's bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a choker. Right. And I feed out of that. It's not fun, but the pressure on my shoulder is kind of like a drug. <laughs> it's not fun, but it's kind of like a drug. Like in the summer, I miss having like to put everything on the line and having those opportunity to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it answers very well your question. But I mean, I, I can't compare because I never compete against those legends right. like Yanni sure. and everything. But yeah. um, what they've done is amazing. They mm-hmm. they inspired me to the roof, and mm-hmm. um, I'm grateful to have example like th- like them. Yeah, no, I think you uh, you answered it. I think you answered it quite well. So one of the things it's kind of curious about is you're touching on um, you know to go back win the next day and everything else at, at the end of the night like when you're done from from competition do you journal like after or are you like writing down a few takeaways from the day or it's kind of just you do all that preparation beforehand and you have that good to go so kind of after um, do you ever do you ever go back the night of or is it usually later on like as you said you know looking at Kazakhstan and everything and go back look back at years before and kind of get an idea of of what the course is going to be like and and stuff like that yeah well like I said like I do all my things before the events right and after the events um first thing usually I do is I call my family like everyone do they get tired uh, of me winning do they get tired of it? They're like, oh, great. He's got I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, every every World Cup is so, like like I said, every World Cup is so different. Like, for me, I never get tired of it. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone yeah. that would be in my position is would never get tired of it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's super special what I'm living. And, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's amazing. But um, after every event, I call my – I have a – mental trainer i don't know okay. if, if it's the yeah. right word and it's like mental jf trainer. yeah yeah exactly and i've been working with him since 2014 and after every event we call each other mm-hmm. facetime um mm-hmm. super short sometimes 15 20 minutes and uh, we talk about the days uh the the, the day in general mm-hmm. uh talk about how i felt before every run what could have been better what what mm-hmm. happened during the day and uh, yeah, always trying to, you know, we call 
each other very fast after singles mm-hmm. and their valley and trying to work towards duels and mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh yeah we've been changing a bit a bit the, uh, for the last two races, my sure. approach in the start gate so mm-hmm. we always try to Tinker. change some stuff to yeah keep improving you know mm-hmm. there's always one thing and I, I don't like if i win and like i go back to the next event going in the same kind of not strategy but the routine like yeah like leaving everything there like okay you won yeah good job let's mm-hmm. go on the next weekend and let's do it again like mm-hmm. i like to let's do it again but let's add this and this and this and try to improve and and even sometimes i win and i did some stuff i'm like i didn't like that i felt it was i was too tough or i didn't like the way i did that so i take this out put this mm-hmm. back in and this is how you grow and you become a better athlete sure now what inspired you to get the the sports psych in in 2014 or had you had one before that uh no no i didn't no? have one big okay. <laughs> it's kind of funny because before i was like my strength in the sport is my head like mm-hmm. nothing affect me and i i was thinking like that. i was 20 years old 21 years old and I remember I met him after Sochi Olympics and he's, we have a, you know, small conversation and he's like, yeah. you train at the gym. I'm like, yeah. Like you train to get your, yeah, your legs stronger and quicker. I'm like, yeah. And you do that like what, four or five times a week. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why not working on your brain? Like, I mean, you said you're good in your brain. I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> working i mean your 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 legs are strong you keep working them to get stronger and stronger why not work your brain to get to get your brain stronger and better and learn because at first i thought working with the like a a mental trainer was like we're gonna dig in all this stuff that i'm (laughs) bad at and you know but it's the total opposite we work Mm -hmm. on my strength and we add some stuff to get better and yes sometime i'm gonna talk about some of the little problems I have and sure. we're going to just fix them and trying to get better and better and better. And yeah, this is how um, I worked. Uh, we, we start working together and there's so many stuff that um, because of him, I was able to, to handle. And uh, yeah, I mean, in Sochi, I was going last and this is the first time in my life. Like, I mean, qualification at the Olympic first Olympic, I was like, ah, it's mm-hmm. like a world cup and yeah. the second, first final, second final. And then, Last final, um, whew, I was nervous. It's like the first time my legs were shaking. And I was going last, and then the crowd was starting cheering like, rah, see, yeah, because Mishlev was second at the time. Mm-hmm. I knew Mark, my teammate and good friend, was in third. Alex was leading. Then I'm going last. And I remember looking at the topper in the first few bumps. I'm like, I don't know how to get to the topper. I felt like <laughs> I forgot how to do it. And my God, I was nervous. And then when I pushed out, mm-hmm. then it just went back to normal. And I did a few mistakes because my legs were way too stiff to ski a, a, a super, super final run. But yeah. And from that, like I won a silver medal. That was amazing. But mm-hmm. because of that experience brought me a mental trainer and then brought me so much experience that in 2018 is so much different in the Stargate. Mm-hmm. I was not going last, that's for sure. But second to last mm-hmm. but the mentality was the total opposite yeah like i wanted to go mm-hmm. i was wanting to go so bad i felt so good so you have the two yeah, right yeah the two sides 
No, that's super, super interesting. It's, it's good that, uh, you know, you're able to kind of work those things out. And I mean, what, kind of speaking to, you know, obviously second is fantastic, silver, everything else. I mean, what are some of the disappointments in your storied career that, that you've really helped propel uh, some of your success? I mean, is that kind of one of those moments? Like, hey, I, I feel like I wasn't usually I'm always prepared for pretty much every situation this is like one of the few times where I feel like I'm not prepared. I'm a little bit nervous. Obviously you say, you're, you know, your legs were a little stiff and everything else like, okay, now I need to go through and, and let's tackle this issue. I mean, are there any other times yeah, yeah. in your career where you've, you know, had some failures and you, you need to overcome those? Yeah. Well, the one I talked in Calgary was kind of like a game changer for sure. My, my, my first Olympics. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was not a failure because for me, when just winning a medal was like winning gold, you know, I sure, yeah. like all these Olympic in Sochi, I felt like a kid at Walt Disney, you know, <laughs> growing up and watching the Olympics. Like it's been like something mm -hmm. like in my family that we've been, you know, always everyone in the couch watching the Olympics. And then all of a sudden I have like all the Canadian gear on me and, you know, everywhere you look around, there's Olympic gear, uh, Olympic rings and, yeah, um, yeah, I, I didn't think that it was going to be that hard going last at the Olympic. And yeah, for sure, I learned a lot from that. Um, that was not a failure because that was like mm -hmm. like the opposite, I right. felt. But I felt that I could have dealt better with the pressure. Sure. That would have helped my performance at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, for sure, that's a, a, another time where it isn't a failure, but I learned a lot. And uh, that's the first thing when we chatted mm -hmm. um, that we start working uh, together. And I remember that one of the first time I, I, I uh, start working with JF, mm -hmm. we put the image of my face uh, in the Stargate going in super, super final. And you see in my, like my mouth, like yeah. my mouth is super dry. And I'm like, you see all the little, like I'm, playing with everything that's possible around me right and you know this is not like good sign so we try to work on that and uh mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh there's there's other you know there's yeah. other stupid moment like lake placid never been a very a place where i've performed i've just been non-consistent in lake placid in my career mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that i learned from that event i remember one year i won qualies i think i won the final one add everything to i just had to go and put another run down and i remember brad skied like two guys before me and he skied the course like faster than a second than everyone yeah, yeah. and the only thing i was thinking going last was i'm gonna go faster than you <laughs> but you know it's like and this uh, this is other thing that i learned is like i love hearing what the others are doing but you're not doing it to beat you know just 20% of the score of someone, you know, mm -hmm. I, sure. like, so those are all the little things that for me, like I, I grew, like, I mean, I didn't have much like, mm -hmm. like slump, I always say that like a slump, like four yeah. race yeah, in yeah. a row where right. it didn't go well. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. Because every time also like every time, even when I finish second, if I don't win, I have a mentality and I call it uh, bounce right back. Right. Sure. And so every time I do something that I'm not 100% pleased or whatever, if I don't win, I always, you know, say bounce right back next race. Mm -hmm. And if you look at my stats, 
you rarely see second place, second place. You, 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 you're going to see if you see like a second place or whatever, a sixth place or yep. a, a result that is not first, mm. check the result right after. And that's something that I'm very proud about is every time I, there's something that I'm not happy with, the next day I bounce back. I remember just like last season, mm. I finished second in China mm-hmm. and I was very happy with my skiing, but I was like, yeah, bounce right back. And the next day I won the duel. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Deer Valley. Ikuma won the, that beautiful run. Yeah, it was a sick And one. Then the next day I was like, bounce right back, make bounce right back, mm-hmm. won the duel. And then we went to Kazakhstan. Uh, we, no, we went to Japan. I won Japan. Then the duel got canceled. We went to Japan. Mm-hmm. Me and Ikuma battle in final. He beat me bounce right back in Russia and won the duel the, the last event. So it's I'm kind of like that. I'm, mm-hmm. it, it took a lot of time to get to like that level of, you know, you know, it's not much athlete that can say like from a second place being super motivated to get back to the top spot. But I've, yeah. I've been like that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy any result that I have, but like, I just love to come back and right. not to show everyone, but to prove to myself that yes, mm-hmm. You, you, you're the best when you really want it, you, you're the best guy out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you've, you've proved it year after year. There's uh, there's definitely no question and you continue to, uh, you know, make improvements in each and every area. You know, one of the things uh, speaking through with a bunch of the other guests and everything that I've had on before, you know, your uh, preparation and, and kind of detail. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting um, to get that insight into, you know, how you approach and how you attack your days and, and constantly working through with that, um, with that improvement. That's yep. super awesome to hear. And, and it shows why you got all those globes back there. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to add one more this year. It's just, uh, not it was, it was a me. little weird at Deer Valley seeing you not in like the yellow, yellow bib or like a two bib. You were like what? 35 or something. Or 53 or 30, 39, 39, 39. I was like, Whoa, yeah, yeah, take a picture yeah. of that. That's uh, yeah, that'll be. Uh, yeah. 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 I made him special. I think I'm going to frame that one. Frame I like, I one. like the 39. Yeah. yeah. 39. <laughs> I mean, I've framed some like Olympic bibs and you know, yellow bibs, but I mean, so this you, one is kind of cool. <laughs> do you hold on? Do you hold on to a bunch of the bibs? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I hold. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I give in away a lot, but like, uh, just so I, uh, yeah. It, it's like I mean, I'm still here, but it's probably right there. Like uh, this one, I haven't framed it yet, but yeah, I've. Uh, of course, I'm keeping it, it close. I you get keep 39, it, yeah. and uh, 39. I still have it. this one. This one, I'm waiting for my house to get built one day, and. Okay. Put that one uh, nice, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I keep all the the, the good the memory stuff. I mean, the, uh, the good yeah. ones. Yeah, those are good. To, I had uh, I have well, before I got married, I had all of them, and then what I decided to do for the wedding was I had all my groomsmen. Uh, what they had they had to wear my old ski bibs, so that was nice. kind of the, that was the uh, attire. They didn't have to wear a suit or anything. They just had to throw on an old. Uh, an old bib so there were some yeah. pretty funny ones in there that's very cool and you you, you propose in their valley also eh? deer valley yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> after the event uh there last year yeah, yeah. so dv's always had a, a special place in yeah. the heart yeah. yeah no for sure obviously yeah yeah um that's that's awesome that's awesome yeah. <laughs> definitely a cool uh cool spot for sure yeah but uh, another question i kind of had for you and was just kind of curious um who are some of those people that really helped and kind of have influenced you during your career 
um, you know, coaches or, you know, you mom and dad usually are, are a lot, but are there some people that, that really kind of helped kind of feed that, that drive? Because a lot of it, obviously at the end mm -hmm. of the day in an individual sport, like skiing and stuff like that, it, it's on you, but it is a whole team and a whole army that kind of helps you through, you do it on your own, but at the same yeah, time yeah. Team there to kind of help you yeah. along the way. Yeah. Like you said, I have a kind of like an army behind me that's working to get me 100% in the Stargate every time. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these people, they know who they are if they're listening. Um, and a lot of my teammates, but I'd say the number one has to be my brother, my older brother. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, growing up, we're pretty close in age. He's, mm -hmm. um, I'm 28, he's 30. We're 18 months uh, different. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've been playing together since we're a little kid and you know you never really win against your older brother he's bigger taller stronger he used to play baseball always throwed harder than me played <laughs> basketball outside he's always a bit better than me play card he's always a bit ahead and a bit more smart when you know mm -hmm. when we were kids mm -hmm. and i lost so many times that i learned at a young age to win you have to work harder and um yeah i think he's he's the guy that made the most difference because yeah he showed me that winning isn't easy and uh i mean we're two very competitive guy and two kids growing up that the only thing we'd like to do is playing sports mm -hmm. this can be tennis or whatever the sport it is so yeah. uh yeah i think he yeah like he didn't know at the time but like mm -hmm. yeah just the fact that every day I was losing and made me want to win. And mm -hmm. when I was sometime beating him, my God, I had to put everything on the table. You know, <laughs> I had to try everything and like, yeah. And uh, I think that helped me grow in sport. And mm -hmm. when I got into like, you know, not NORAMs, but like Canadian junior events where I was competing against older guys, right? I feel I was able to to deliver and to, to, to perform well because I knew what I had to do to beat those old, older guys and stronger guys. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, it made a, made a bit, big difference in, the, in, in, I'd say my career, but in my life, you know, it's, yeah. there's not only mogul skiing, you know, that is important, mm -hmm. but yeah, it teach me a lot of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a super, super grateful to, for, uh, for all those uh, memories. Yeah, there is something to, I mean, there's, you know, it's funny, talked about it in the past, but there's always something to those, uh, those siblings, you know, the, the little sibling rivalries or may not be rivalries, but they just always drive and push. And I mean, if you look at just a laundry list, there's always like the younger brother syndrome where they always seem yeah. to have to outdo the, uh, you know, older brother, get pushed by that older brother that kind of keeps them down for as long as possible. You know, you, um, yeah. the, uh, in our sport alone, you know, uh, skiing and, and everywhere, you know, there's always those, uh, those brothers that or sisters that kind of push you along. And no, but yeah, I, absolutely. Like uh, just, are you, you're saying that and it reminds me like stuff that when I was a kid, you know, mm -hmm. Your older brother kind of like is the guy that opens the door and does like all this stuff. But then you're like two years younger. But when he does his thing for his first time, you're basically doing it just right away after him. You know, mm -hmm. I remember skiing. If he was hitting that big jump, 
I mean, I was going to try it because if my brother can do it, I can do it, you know? And it, mm-hmm. it kind of went like that. And that's why, like, yeah, at a young age, I was, like, able to compete or to ski or to whatever. When we were doing races, I mean, my brother was super fast, but I was like, if I keep following him all the time, then I'll be fast too. And mm-hmm. I, I was able to, you know, go fast around those gates and end yeah. up having better result that I, I would have had if I was probably the older brother, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Now, kind of speaking to um, some of those younger brothers and uh, younger sisters kind of out there that are going through some some tough times, what, what would be like a few words of wisdom if you're kind of struggling, whether in skiing or in life or, or think, you know, what, what, what kind of words would you have for them to kind of help them through some of those those dark times? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, dark times, I, I mean, in mogul skiing, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's never easy when stuff are not going your way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the most important part about sport in general is it's important, you know, to have good people around you and surround yourself with people that are similar to you or have the same goal as you. And, mm-hmm. and for me, when stuff were not going well, I had very close, you know, teammates. And for yeah. me, that was the most important part is, you know, one day your teammate is winning and you have a bad day and uh, you have to be there for him to celebrate because, you know, you, you need to stick together. This like friendship is bigger than everything in the world, I think. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, yeah, hard times, stick close to your friends, your family. Um, it's important for sure. Like people say, you know, you have to be the hardest worker. You have to, you have to, um, you know, take care of whatever you're doing. But I mean, uh, if you're doing that with friends, it's always easier. So I'd say like, yeah, it's, I think it's important to surround yourself with great people. Surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. For me, the hardest time that I've had in sport or in general, it was always nice to have a guy uh, like Phil, Mark, and and also all my teammates that I have now today. Like, uh, you know, there's this stuff sometimes happen. You know, when I broke my back, I mean, it was not fun times, but I mean, my teammates were great off the bat, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, talking to me, say, yeah, you'll be back. You know, we all know you'll be back and you'll probably be better than you were right now. So it's mm-hmm. always nice to have like, you know, people that you can chat with and say the real stuff, mm-hmm. you know, with the coaches. Yes. But like with the teammates, you know, there's no one living this, you know, as right. close as you, the same experience. And yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, sticking with teammates, friends, family is important. No. And, and they, you know, it, those teammates almost become like family too, because I mean, you spend yeah. your time, you're traveling the world together. You're going to all these cool, unique places, whether you're going to yeah. the training camps in Zermont or Australia or wherever else. And such an interesting dynamic because you're a team, but you're all doing individual, you know, it's a individual sport. So you're trying to beat, you know, you're trying to beat your roommates, yeah. <laughs> and your teammates and stuff like that. It just creates such a, such an interesting dynamic, but some of those, those friendships and everything, I mean, they really do last forever. And those, those memories you create, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's awesome. All, like all the stories. If I like me and Phil, we Phil Marquis, mm-hmm. we room so many World Cups together, and we finish one and two rooming in the same room, and that's super special. Those memories are mm-hmm. are amazing. And there's some days that uh, you know one of us was not doing so well, or some days that we're like in super you know close competition, 
Yeah. And but it, what's cool is like we're sleeping right before the event, and we're all telling like our little not secrets, but our little tips on what to do. And yeah, you should trip a bit more right. And sure. we try to feed to each other. And and there's time that we're like when we compete, like no more friends when we're on the <laughs> hill but then as soon as we cross the line then we're good friends you know mm-hmm. and that's cool and i remember phil marquis we're at the we did a europa cup in sochi in 2013 and we're qualified like one and two mm-hmm. and phil skis before me and we're in the same line and there's like a big snowstorm and there was like a big chunk of ice from the chop on like the ford bump after mm-hmm. the topper and phil one of his ski like kind of hit the, the the big chunk of ice and made him pull out of the course and the first thing he did and that was like amazing is he went straight to the walkie-talkie and he's like to rob colbert back then that was a coach and he was like tell Meg that on the fourth bump there's a huge chunk and it's right in the middle where you want to go and i remember like rob's like yeah phil just tells you be careful on the fourth bump like he could have kept that to him and be like, ha, 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 "Good luck, you know." <laughs> <laughs> There's something in the in, in the way, and he told me, and I just like skied, and I saw it very well. It was like <laughs> big and right where I wanted to go, and I just went higher, and then kept yeah. skiing and end up winning the event. But like, you know, those, those this is why a friendship with your teammates are so important because you can help each other and feed each other to to reach higher, higher, and mm. higher and higher levels. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's a good bond. It's definitely a, a, a yeah. fun bond for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I really appreciate you ca- coming on and, and taking the time to do this. Now, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the charity we're going to be uh, donating to today. Yeah. Uh... $250? Yep, we're donating $250. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Um, so... It's called Breakfast Club in Canada, um, okay. and in French, it's Club de Tidigeny. I'm giving away $500 every race I win from my prize money to this mm-hmm. charity. This charity is a charity that helps kids that are going to school uh, to have breakfast um, at school in the morning. There's so many kids uh, right now in Canada that are going to school, and their family, they don't provide them breakfast, and they start they start their day with an empty stomach and they have to do sports and they have to focus at school. And mm-hmm. um, for me, I think breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It gives you energy for throughout the day. So um, for me, it was very important to, uh, to be able to, to, to give money from them. I know that it cost them only $3 or okay. $1 by kids. So okay. with your donation, you're helping out probably 200 something kids which awesome. is awesome. Yeah. And uh, there's also other companies that every time that I win, they, they give away the same amount of money. So uh, just with last weekend, we raised well over $2,000, which is maybe not much, but kind of kind of a lot, lot for, for them. Yeah. No, and it's a, uh, it's a lot of breakfast. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very happy that you're, you're helping uh, also. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Happy to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. And um I look forward, you know, like I said, we're going to have to compare some, uh, some video notes and, and geek yeah, out because yeah, I got anytime. old, I got old result sheets. I got boxes of old result sheets. So I'll have to go yeah. through and break down some turn scores. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but next time I come out, where, where do you live right now? So I'm in uh, park city, uh, Kimball junction. 
Yeah. Okay. Have to, cool. have to, well, yeah. Uh, next time I come, I'll, I'll try to, with no COVID and everything, uh, yeah, hopefully I can nice. come and uh, <laughs> I'll bring, I have a lot of VHS that my dad like was uh, recording from like CBC Sport back in the days, events from TV coverage. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. And many uh, videos that I've got along the way that I've stole from coaches and athletes. And, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. One, one thing actually I wanted to ask you before we, before we get off, what is the, your favorite run of you? skiing oh. Do you have a favorite that you go back and look at because we talked about you know yane and- i have some i have some training runs that are bloody amazing <laughs> no no i'm uh racing uh well technically it's not my best but i mean the olympic were it was pretty cool i mean i was doing mistakes every run that i was doing like little stuff and then super final is like no major mistakes but it's not my favorite but the feeling of that one was sure. cool I love I love most of my runs in Ruka. I think are sick, yeah. um, just because they're fast. They're always like one of the fastest or second fastest, mm-hmm. and they usually have like full DD, like double full ten. Um, favorite one, the Calgary one for Calgary event in 2018 before the yeah. Olympics. That mm-hmm. run was pretty good, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. Awesome I mean, there's a few. There's a few ones. There's also some I've done like. I have some qualification runs that are like very, very good, like technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it depends. I don't know. My fi- my favorite one, uh, hard to tell. I think my favorite moment is, and I don't have the video because I remember Team Canada, our video didn't work well. But if you can find my duel against Gilbo when I was 18 at the World Championship. Okay. In 2011 in Deer Valley. Okay. Like I mean that 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 run was not awesome skiing, mm-hmm. but just that was I I beat the, the you know the the world champion from the day before, mm-hmm. and I thought that duel was pretty amazing because back then I I wasn't doing the suck up backflip I was doing right whatever all out cork seven on the bottom yeah. that run I did a cork seven but to the moon I mean Gilbo okay. was like two feet under me like two three feet <laughs> under me I'm like just. In the sky, and my back pull was actually like I landed like on the backside of the first turn. <laughs> anyway, that run, that run, I would, I would like to see, but okay, yeah, um, trying to see if I can dig that one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys. Yeah. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're watching or listening on YouTube, please make sure you hit that bell button so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks.